welcome to episode 241 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast, a summer shorts catch-up edition. I'm Chris, and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers who love looking up the night sky, and this podcast is for anyone else who likes going out under the stars. So we have a couple uh, thank yous here. Uh, Shane, do you mind if I just sort of do a shout out? Yeah, do it. So Wade is a longtime correspondent from uh, Australia. I know uh, you and I have both chatted to him uh, yep. a few times, I think, Shane. Yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wade uh, has written us a number of times and I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the conversations that we've had, uh, you know, especially somebody that lives so far away. It's just neat to hear about their experiences. It is. And and he was talking about um, when he and I were chatting last, he was talking about uh, Scorpius, uh, the constellation Scorpius going up and, you know, from Australia, of course, um, Scorpius is, I think, about right overhead, about now. And uh, from here, we get our best view when it's just sort of cutting across the treetops. In fact, we don't even see the full constellation because we're so far north that uh, that that we never see all of all of Scorpius from our uh, from our latitude. But uh, but like I said, from Australia, it's straight up over north or straight up over Zenith. So uh, I'm always a little bit jealous when I get his get his emails, but. It's nice because they're they're fairly detailed and can live a little bit vicariously uh, through him. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Matthew, who uh, who's listened to a lot of our podcasts, he says, but uh, but hasn't uh, hasn't listened to them all. And both Matthew and and Wade have uh, have provided some Patreon support, so uh, so we thank them. Uh, and Matthew goes on to say, "I'm a beginner who got into this hobby during the spring. I bought a secondhand Orion 120 millimeter f 8.3." f8.3 refractor and uh, he's loving the views through it he's uh, taking a look at m51 and splits some doubles and uh, finds that very satisfying and uh, rather addicting then he's bought some really good eyepieces and one of the reasons why i want to read this little bit um, from matthew and he he did go on to provide us some uh, some great information um is that he's buying the here he bought the agena astro uh, two inch urfels in the 28 millimeter and 38 millimeter. Um, and he prefers the 26 uh, millimeter out of the two. And uh, I think that's, I think that's a great um, set of low power eyepieces. Like I don't, I think it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty hard to, uh, to top those that we said he was having a bit of trouble with 38. So part of me wondered if maybe there was some sort of uh, quality control issue with that. Cause I, I thought the 38 was supposed to be pretty good though. I've never looked through it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about either of those specific eyepieces, but I really like the focal lengths, you know, that 38 millimeter is getting pretty close to that maximum field stop or maximum Mm. field of view. Um, And then that 26 millimeter is just that, I think it's like the, almost the perfect compromise of wide field with some power. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, maybe some ethos people would argue with me on that one with the 21 millimeter ethos, but yeah. you know, I, I think it's a sweet spot. You you have a nice sized uh, exit pupil and, uh, you know, a little bit of extra power to darken the background and, and just show that object a little bit better. Yeah. He also sent us, uh, and I'm not sure if you reviewed it. I, I certainly reviewed it in quite a bit of detail yesterday. I had read it when he sent it. And then when I was sitting down to work on show notes yesterday, I, I went through, he sent um, a really uh, beautiful and detailed list of topics Mm-hmm. that uh, that he was suggesting maybe we consider for coverage. And uh, so I've taken that, I've incorporated one of them into today's uh, recording set. We'll be recording five episodes today, Gulp. And uh, and I, I think there's a few ideas in there. I think you sent us four or five, that there's two or three of them I think are going to make uh, for good longer episodes. There's one he was talking about 
uh, getting a little bit more into the sort of the optometry of the eye and oh. astronomy. And I thought that's really good. I wonder if we can, I wonder if we can either find an amateur who knows a lot about that or an optician or, or somebody like somebody that's more of an expert than, than you and I, or, or unless you've been hiding your, your uh, ophthalmological experience. <laughs> Nothing to hide there. I do not have that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely appreciate the uh, the show ideas. Um, I don't know about you, Chris, but I think that's maybe the most challenging thing for you and I is just what the heck are we going to talk about? <laughs> so when other people uh, send in the ideas, it's uh, super helpful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I am, I'm enjoying doing the summer shorts because I have, I have a lot of um, ill-conceived ideas. No, wait ill thought out, not fully thought out ideas. No, just, just, I think ideas that, that work um, maybe better in a shorter format um, that aren't yeah. going to take up that much time. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and just a quick reminder too, to everybody, the, the summer shorts is a temporary thing. We're just doing this over summer uh, so that it frees up a little more of uh, Chris's time and my time to go do some other things, which is, uh, you know, I think kind of a common theme for most people over summer. So we will return to uh, some longer episodes, uh, probably in September timeframe yeah. and uh, kind of get back to what everybody's used to. Yeah. Um, so speaking of summer, what, uh, what sort of non-astronomy aspects of summer are, are among your favorites? Well, there's a lot of them, uh, pretty much anything outside, whether I'm fishing, um, hiking, camping in general, uh, sitting on the back patio, uh, like patio in my backyard, uh, just having a, a cold beverage, um, sometimes a cigar in the evening. Uh, <laughs> there, there's lots of ways for me to enjoy summer. Yeah. I, I enjoy the, the, one of the great benefits of being in the great country of Canada is to is to sit out with a cold one and have a nice refreshing bowl of ketchup potato chips, which are, which are unique to our country. You can't find those elsewhere. I've come to learn as I've traveled around. So yeah, it's very true. Those are my favorite potato chips and uh, uh, something that is like a nostalgic delicacy for me is a bottle of Coca-Cola, but it has to be in a glass bottle. Oh, in the in glass bottle. Yeah, yeah. It takes not different. in a can. Yeah. So you get, you get that nicely chilled and then you have your bag of ketchup chips. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure there's anything better in life. I really, I really would challenge uh, you to come up with something better than that. So I'll tell you <laughs> when you, when people come and visit Canada, they have to get the, uh, the ketchup chips. And if you really want to be all Canadian, although you really have to be Canadian to stomach this one is you get your double, double coffee from Tim Hortons, which is yeah. the equivalent of four creams and four sugars anywhere else in the world. And, uh, and your ketchup potato chips on the side, if you can, if you can stomach those together, then you get a certificate. I think that says you're a, you're an honorary Canadian. Well, I suppose I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe off air we'll debate the whole Tim Hortons reference because, or recommendation because I just can't get behind that one. No, I, I, can't, I can't either. That, I'm just, that has I'm to be some of the worst coffee ever made. But anyway, uh -oh, uh -oh. now we're going to get in trouble from lawyers. But uh -oh, I'm getting a call from, uh, from Mr. <laughs> Joyce here. All right. Uh, from beyond. All right. Um, let's see. So, yeah, you, did, you, you got an eyepiece. I see you got an eyepiece. In the I did. Yeah. What did you yeah. get? Um, I, I received the, uh, 14 millimeter Nikon nav SW. So that's the, um, I think it's a 72 degree field of view, 20 millimeters ish of eye relief. Okay. Um, I already have the five millimeter, which you used quite a bit, uh, a couple summers ago. And I yeah. 
you know, you, you quite enjoyed that one. And I, I like when I've used it, I've enjoyed it. Although I do find eye placement a little tricky with that. Yeah. Um, anyway, the reason I bought the 14 mil is, uh, for potential pairing, uh, with my binocular viewer. Oh. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I have the 13 millimeter Naglers, uh, for the binocular viewer and they're pretty, well, they're really good. Uh, my only complaint with them is the eye relief is tight. So, you know, at times I'm losing a little bit of that field of view. Yeah. Um, but what I love about the Naglers is they are extremely light and extremely small. So they're ideal for bino viewing. Yep. Um, like the Morpheus eyepieces, I just, I think they're a little too heavy for bino viewing, at least for how I like to do it. Oh, okay. um, the Nikons are kind of that compromise. They're, you know, they're, you know, right in the middle. Um, you know, there's delights, but they're, the field of view is a little narrow, right? At mm-hmm. 62 or whatever they are. Uh, the Delos, uh, they're quite heavy. So like, there's all of these, you know, uh, candidates out there, but none of them really seem to hit that lightweight, long eye relief, wide field. Um, so anyway, wanted to try the Nikon. And, um, it's pretty darn good. Like it is one of the most comfortable eyepieces that I've ever used. It's just so easy to, you know, like eye placement is no challenge. You just put your eye down there and and you're good. There's no blackouts or anything like that. Um, it's, well, we found, we found with that five millimeter that it was, um, at least in my experience with it, it, it seemed highly dependent on like almost the specific telescope you were using with it. Like yeah, with some, yeah. with some telescopes, cause you'll see this when you read reviews and this is, I think this is a good point. You and I have found this as well. Sometimes we read reviews of an eyepiece, maybe it's a, an older eyepiece or one you can get used. And, and typically Shane, you've, you've picked it up and, and sort of sucked up that part of the portion. And then we've tried it and we're like, you know what, meh, not really, not really for either of us in yeah, any of the yeah. scopes that we have. And then, um, like another eyepiece that might be, you know, really lauded, like people don't like it. Maybe like um, a good example is the Pentax 20XW. Mm. Um, Like I could never get rid of that eyepiece. I think it's just such a great eyepiece. That's such tremendous transmission. Um, Other eyepieces that I have that people seem to be, uh, you know, sort of uh, tepid on at best is like the Massiema 32 millimeter, which like, again, I, I love. And then recently, uh, I bought the Nagler 22, which if, if you read around enough, you'll find lots of people, uh, not really caring for that. So, you know, it, it just depends like different, uh, different scopes for different, uh, eyepieces, I guess. So anyway, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad you got that one. <laughs> yeah. So I was going back and forth with the Nagler last night. I felt that the Nagler maybe revealed the star color a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. like I was looking at Alberio a lot. And, uh, it just felt like the color popped way more in the Nagler, um, than the Nikon, but the Nikon, again, you know, you just can't beat the comfort. The other thing that was kind of interesting, and I've read this a little bit on cloudy nights about the 13 millimeter Nagler. Um, I think the advertisement says 82 degree field of view. Mm -hmm. Um, but a number of people said it's not, it's much smaller than that. And I would say based on comparisons to the, uh, to the Nikon, they're almost the same field of view, like really close. So, huh? Yeah. So either the Nikon is understated or, you know, the Nagler is quite a bit overstated. So, um, kind of an interesting observation, but well, they're fantastic eyepieces and, and like nobody would, uh, would be underserved with either one of those in, in their case. 
Well, like I got to admit, like the, the difference to my eye anyway, like the actual experience in the field, regardless of what uh, your calculations or software or anything says, but yeah. you know, the real difference between an eyepiece that is about 70 degrees and about 80 degrees to my eye, um, I don't really notice that much. Like when I go from a plossal, um, that's about 50 odd degrees to something that's 70 degrees, it seems huge. It seems like oh, I yeah. get this huge, yeah. huge bump. Um, and I remember when I bought the first uh, Spears Wallers that were, I think they were 70 degrees. Correct me if I'm wrong, maybe they were 71 or something. They had some sort of weird number. And I was like, wow, these are these are great. And they had really decent eye relief. I could use them with my glasses, just barely, but I could I could use them. Actually, I could use them well enough. And uh, And then they came out with the next series, which were 80 degrees, I think. And I remember getting them and being like, I really don't notice that much, but I lost the eye relief that I had loved so much with them. Mm. And eventually I, I upgraded to the, uh, to the Pentax eyepieces and, and had sort of learned my lesson there that, you know, eye relief and comfort um, can somewhat mitigate that additional field of view once, once you get much above uh, 70 degrees. So like, you know, once you get to 72, boy, like you're kind of splitting hairs, like between, Mm -hmm. 72 and a 78 degree field of view is, I don't know. It's, it's pretty tough to see and, and to get much of a benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, not a huge difference at that point, but um, I'll keep messing around with both of these eyepieces. Um, likely what will happen is either the Nagler's will be sold or the Nikon will be sold. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, if I keep the Nikon, then I'll have to buy one more so that I can final view with it. Um, mm-hmm. but again, I, I don't think I will be sad with either set of eyepieces to mm-hmm. both perform yeah. well. Cool. Anything else come in the door? Yeah. That, uh, that little board telescope, I got another one, uh, that's 71 wow. FL and, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that one was kind that of was... an un- unplanned. It's just, it, it came up on auction. So the, uh, the 71 FL is no longer made. I think it's now a 72 FL. It and, is yeah. um, much more expensive, way more expensive. It's in my mind, it, it's just, I, it's hard for me to see the value. Uh, but maybe if you're an imager, because I think that's what, uh, the real design is, it's more of an astrograph, yeah. but, um, the 71 FL, uh, so it's a 400 millimeter focal length. Uh, so that's a 5.6, uh, ratio. And, um, Anyway, this thing was essentially brand new, unused. Um, so I couldn't pass it up. Uh, I won the auction, uh, received it. I've used it uh, quite a bit, actually, over the last week or so. And it's, it, um, I'll be honest, I was kind of skeptical because my mm-hmm. eyes just do not focus or, or they do not accommodate uh, field curvature very well. Mm-hmm. And a refractor at F5.6, there's definitely field curvature. Um, and I was a little concerned that I, I would be annoyed, you know, if it was too, uh, too extensive in the field of view. And, um, I tell you, it's, it's not, it's really good. Like, uh, it's really just the outer edge of the field of view where stars really become, you know, pretty messy. So I'm talking like, I don't even know if that would be 5%, like the outer 5%, it's really small. Um, this thing in uh, two inch format. So, you know, again, Borg, super modular, uh, mm-hmm. in two inch format, it weighs 1.7 pounds <laughs> with the helical oh, focuser. Like it's down. so light. It's incredible. Um, so last night I was using the, uh, APM, uh, ultra flat field, 30 millimeter eyepiece in there. 
And it was just beautiful. Just scanning the sky with that. Um, I have it on my ultralight carbon fiber tripod. Um, it's just a really, really nice setup. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so nice. The only complaint I had about the uh, two inch configuration is the helical focuser. It's just not a good, like, it's hard to get a really nice focus because, uh, there's, there's more vibration that you introduce when you're yeah. using a helical focuser like that. So yeah. I switched it back to inch and a quarter mode because I have just like a normal, uh, like kind of Crayford focuser, like a uh, traditional focuser. Um, yeah. so I think I'll keep it in that format for now and potentially, uh, look at, you know, a two inch focuser in the future. But the other thing, because this telescope is so light, putting like two inches on the back is just like it really introduces some balance issues then. And I just feel like these ultralight telescopes just aren't meant to have two inch, you know, diagonals and eyepieces put into them because heck my, my diagonal and eyepiece, you know, that I had in there last night, probably, uh, you know, weigh twice as much as the telescope without it. So Mm. it's kind of silly, you know, but anyway, I I like it. I, I, I appreciate the two inch format and these small scale. I've been using my I've used mine 50 millimeter a lot with the two inch format. And I, I, I love it. I, I think it's super, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, super, you can't beat the wide fields. That's for sure. No, no. You know, I get us. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'd almost forgotten that, uh, that you, you had the 71 cause I think it arrived like almost right after we did the last recording, which is, uh, two weeks ago today. So, so it's been over almost two weeks since, uh, yeah, yeah. since we chatted and I was like, wait, we didn't chat about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of weird. I was thinking this is the first time you and I have gone like a week <laughs> without talking to each other in about 27 months or something like that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It's really strange. It is strange. Yeah. I don't think people realize like the cadence that it, that it takes to put this many. So we're, we're knocking on the door of 250 episodes. Now, once we're done today, we'll, we'll you know, maybe do it in three weeks time. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild to to think about recording that many uh, that many episodes. We are hearing now from people that, that are saying like they they wouldn't even try to listen to them all. So <laughs> yeah, 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 just too many. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I think you should get the uh, I think you should get the field flattener for that setup though for that seventy one. Well, yeah, there there is a uh, an auction coming up for the uh, reducer that seventy eight seventy two. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was designed for the 71 FL and the 90 FL, I think. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what price it goes for. I'm hoping to be successful with that one. Um, yeah. And then I think I have all of the accessories that go with with that uh, M57 series of Borg stuff. So Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay. I, I received um, a T2 uh, helical focuser. For my uh, for my Schmidt Newt, my little uh, comic catcher. So I've been uh, playing with that, and one of the challenges I have is getting my Nagler to uh, not bottom out. So I was trying to look at all kinds of different adapters and eyepiece holders, and that because the Nagler is is just bottoming out by a millimeter or two. And then when I was making up this podcast yesterday, it occurred to me that I should use just a parafocalizing ring. Because they're super, super cheap. Mm-hmm. And so I ordered a set from uh, First Light Optics over in the UK. Cost me all of uh, 10 British pounds. And then um, that is about the same thickness as I need the uh, as I need for the Nagler not to bottom out. So I'm just going to sort of snug that up and uh, give myself enough room 
to put a filter on the bottom and uh, should be off to the races. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then uh, what field of view does that give you in the Comet Catcher? It gives me about 3.5, just over. Yeah, so three and a half degree uh, true field of view in the uh, in the comet catcher. Uh, it's still a work in progress. It's probably going to take it at least into the autumn to to get it mm. you know hundred percent set up and running the way that I want. And and uh, yeah, but it's it's sort of been fun. We had it out last night and and looked at uh, a whole pile of globular clusters up and off Eucas. Looked at comet K two pan stars. Um, looked at the Lagoon Nebula and the uh, M you know M twenty one. We looked at um, M24 star cloud and, and the Swan and the Eagle nebulas and just panned around the Milky way with it. And, uh, yeah, really fantastic. Ended with a little view of, uh, of Saturn, but it's not, it's not even remotely aligned. I'm probably losing an inch of aperture on it anyway. So, hmm. um, yeah, now that I'm able to really get eyepieces in and properly focus, then, uh, I got to slowly start working on the alignment, which I really don't know much about. So, uh, so that's going to be a bit of an experiment here. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think we're awesome. getting uh, short on time for finishing up this short. So shall we end it here? Yeah, probably a good point. All right. Thanks, Shane. Thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Um, and we always appreciate uh, the Patreon support. Uh, thanks again to, uh, to Wade and Matthew. And uh, we look forward to uh, to making some further recordings uh, based on your suggestions. People can reach us at actualastronomy at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com. <laughs>